This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. This is Pastor Callie with Warrior Watch. We're so happy to have you here today. I have one of my favorite people in the whole world. Uh, he is actually my nephew. Uh, he's a singer, songwriter, preacher, uh, a writer of books, an author, um, just an amazing man of God, a wonderful daddy and husband. But most of all, he loves Jesus with all of his heart, Jack Mooring. And we're going to be talking about... Um, just what he's been preaching the last couple of weeks and how much we've just really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it's so important that we plug into what God's called us to do into our divine destiny. Yeah. And so he's been preaching on that. And I just felt like it was time for us to share some of that. So welcome, Jack. Glad to have you yes, here. Yes, it's so good to be here. It's so good to be here. So, Jack, t- just take us... Um, just through what you preached Sunday before last yeah. about Abraham and yeah. just... Take us through that. So, I mean, at the beginning of every year, I'm always, you know, I do a Bible reading plan. So I'm always in Genesis at the beginning of the year. And it never ceases to amaze me every time I read the story of Abraham. I think it's so, it's so important for us to understand his story and for us to understand uh, his, his walk with God, um, because it's, it's a message to all of us, you know, and, um, and specifically about obedience and, um, that's what stood out to me the most. And so, yeah, so a few weeks ago, uh, starting this series on, on divine destiny, I, I talked about Abraham and s- some things that he learned on his journey with God. Wow. And, um, and f- first and foremost, the first thing we learn about Abraham is that he, he didn't delay his obedience. Wow. So when, when God actually, when he was in the era of Chaldeans, first of all, he was wealthy. He was established there. Um, which was Ur of Chaldeans was kind of modern day Iraq actually. Right. And so he ended up of course in, in Israel and so uh, little did he know the journey God was calling him on was, was, was at that time, um, a very far journey. I mean, you, p- people didn't leave within, people usually didn't go within 30 mile radius of, of their, of their home, of their home back yeah, then. Yeah. I mean, you're on, you're on horseback yeah, you, at you, best. You, exactly. It, it'd be like God's telling us to go to India, right? Right. You know? Right. And, and so, so anyways, he was established in the era of Chaldeans. I'm sure his wife was established in Ur of Chaldeans. And I, I, I can only imagine him going to Sarai, or which, which was her name at the time, saying, hey, you know, God says we need to pack up and leave. Yeah, we need to pack up and leave, and we're going where God says to go, and I'm not real sure where that is. Yeah, we, we, just, we just don't know. <laughs> we don't know. That, that, that right there flies in the face of everything our culture says is valuable. Right, right. Because our culture says you have to know exactly where you're going, when you're going there. And, and we see that God, although God likes those things, God likes planning, God values something even more than planning. And that's and, faith. And that's faith. Yeah. And that is relationship with him. Yeah. Because God's the ultimate planner. So God, God's a be- better planner than, than and we the, are. And the best litmus test for our faith is obedience to his instruction. That's a, and so, so basically that's what you see initially with, with 
Abraham is that God said go, he went. There's actually no indication there in those scriptures that he delayed at all. Yeah. I mean, he just, it just immediately, God said go, and he, he left. And so it, it, I, in my life, I, I want to learn from that. I, I just want to do it now. I, John, I mentioned in the message, uh, John Maxwell, the, he's amazing, the leadership. Yes. He, uh, when he was young, he went to a, like some kind of like leadership conference or convention or insurance like thing. And, uh, this leadership guy was training there and he, he told him, he said, he said, I've got a project for you guys to do when you leave here. He said, before you go to sleep tonight, he said, I want you to sit there in your bed and I, I want you to say over and over to yourself for, uh, 50 times, do it now. Do it, do it now. now. And wow. then he said, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is say, do it now. Do. And John said that changed his life because he realized that so, you know, so, so, so much effectiveness comes from just doing stuff now. And I know for me, you know, we all struggle with just procrastination I, 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 in general. It's, it's so true, Jack. I heard a leader in our church who was talking to me that, um, and this was, she heard this lady, um, and I can't even remember the lady's name, but the, the story rang so true in my spirit. This lady was depressed, and she she could not force herself to do anything. She was in yeah. a terrible place. Oh, paralyzed, yeah. Paralyzed. And she, uh, she just decided that the next morning she was just going to 4, 3, 2, 1, get up. Just and force herself to just go do so what true. she needed to do. She didn't feel like it, mm-hmm. but she and so she started taking that approach with everything that she knew she had to do. Three, two, one, Boom. do it. Yeah, jump. And she said, within literal days, she had popped out of her depression. That's amazing. And we can oh, we can think ourselves into so many things. Yes. It can paralyze us yes. if we're not careful. Yeah, and paralysis by analysis, because that's it, you know. And and I. And so that, that's a major thing we can learn from Abraham. And actually, that's faith. Because if, if, uh, so what she was doing there, whether she realized it or not, was living by faith. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the Bible, the opposite of faith isn't fear, actually. The opposite of faith is sight. The Bible wow. says that we, we, walk, we, we, we walk by faith and not by sight. Sight. Which is what we can see in the see natural. See or pers- like feel. And she didn't feel like doing it. She didn't see it, uh, 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 but she just said, no, I'm just going to do it. And, and we, God honors that. You know, he honors faith. And, and what you see in Abraham's life is all this stuff started happening once he just started being obedient. You know, and, and he saw that, saw transformation. Yeah. We walk by faith and not by sight, which is everything. You think of sight, and that's part of the five senses. Yeah. So, in other words, God speaks something to us yeah. for us to go do something. It doesn't sense. It's usually counterintuitive. Yeah. Most of the time, it falls under counterintuitive. It, it almost always does. Yes. And actually, the, the, the reason I think, I, I think fear is not the opposite of faith is sometimes the, the people walking to the greatest faith are trembling while they're doing it. Oh, yeah. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? You know, they, 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 if, if we wait till we're not scared to do something, we're not going to do nothing. That's you know? exactly right. <laughs> we're not going to get anything done. And, and what's so amazing is the times that in my life where I just obeyed yeah. and stepped out and then God moved Yes. Those are literal memorials in my life yep. that give me the strength to go do it again. Absolutely. And what you, what you start seeing is, yeah, you, you look back and there's points you can celebrate, you know, and remind yourself of the goodness of God. And you see Abraham starts doing that. So literally when he, he leaves Arab Chaldeans, he goes to Haran, which is kind of his next major 
uh, point, which I think is kind of modern-day Syria. And so he hadn't made it all the way to Israel yet, uh, to Canaan. And so in Haran, in Haran he, he, the, the Bible says that he, he saw the Lord. So, so we see that he heard the Lord originally, but, wow. but we see a progression, a progression in his intimacy with God and his experience with God, you know? He actually saw the Lord. He he heard heard the Lord before, and then he got the, the Lord. Well, his to obedience him. took him to the place of his next level hearing. Yes, and that's what sometimes you know we and you see this so much in the body of Christ. You see this in the world mm-hmm. where people want to do great things. I think inherently there's a desire in us, whether we serve God or not, to do things Absolutely. that take impossible yeah. faith. I yes. mean, that, that, that go against the possibilities. It, it, you see it in the world. You see with people taking all kinds of risk. Yeah. It's in our DNA to trust God, whether we do or not. Exactly. It's in our DNA. And when we make a decision to do it, yeah. it always ups our ability to even not only hear God better, but to understand ourselves better. That's so true. But because, yeah, exactly. We, we think we know who we are, but God's got a way bigger picture for us. And, and. You know, it, it, it's so true when you're obedient to God. You're like, whoa, wow, God just, I just did that with God, and and, and your 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 self esteem goes up in, in this it, because you start to see yourself through God's eyes and going, whoa, he's he expects bigger things from well, me. And we start to realize how much God loves us. Yes. Uh, simple obedience, yes. just simple obedience. You know, there's a lot of things that we as Christians can do. We can fast and pray, and we got to do that. That's that's yeah. part of simple obedience. Yes. Fast and pray. We can study and, and learn. I mean, there's every kind of reference and resource, and and God will give us revelation. But nothing takes the place yeah. of just simple obedience. Right yes. when God says it, nothing takes the and, place and, of that. And and it it's so amazing because it's it is so simple, and and. That's all God expects. That's all he wants is obedience. He's not expecting great accomplishments from you. He's expecting great obedience from you. Yeah, and our obedience will cause us to have great accomplishments. You know, that song, Simple Obedience, Changes History. history. And that is true. Our simple obedience to what God has called us to do on a daily basis, which for me, it might be sitting here with Jack doing a radio show. Or, you know, having Juan help me with something around the church. Or uh, taking somebody a pie. Exactly. Are sitting down and writing my story, which, you know, your mother and I have been writing our stories. Yes. Which that was literally just God saying to me one day, I heard the Lord say, I want you to write your story. Yeah. I want you to start writing your stories. And I thought, why? I mean, they're just crazy stories Uh that we laugh about and talk about. And Jack, I started writing these stories. And not only have they been a blessing to people reading them, I've gotten a lot of feedback, but here's the best part. There has been a level of healing come to my life yes. from writing those stories and seeing the faithfulness of God. Yes, yes. And it was just a simple obedience. Yes. You know, like, who cares to read my story on Facebook? Well, it, yeah. evidently a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and so it's blessing people, and, and and it's deepening your experience with God. Yeah, it's it's helping me going back to go back and remember yeah. memorials where God came through for me and your mother. It's so awesome. And, which is so awesome, and it's just like simple obedience. Okay, like I need to add something else to do to my life. Exactly. Yeah. But, but you know what? It's become a joy. And it's become a place of healing. Yeah. And sometimes we look at things God asks us to do as just something else. But if we'll start looking at it as an opportunity for God to show us uh, 
deepen our, our walk with him and then also give us revelation into who he is. That's exactly right. And you, you hit on something really good there of like, of the, like I need another thing to do. We, have, we do. We have so many irons in the fire, right? We're all busy. And but this is something that God's been speaking to me about lately is that, you know, the people who are most generous with their time uh, often are the people who, who don't seem as busy. I, and it seems counterintuitive. But it, it, I, I find the more stingy I am with my time, the less time I have. Wow, isn't that weird? Isn't it's, that amazing? But it is true. It's true. But but the more but from a servant heart or from a joyful heart, I, I, I'm i generous with my time in terms of loving people. I, I, I feel like I actually have more time. Um, and, and, and so I, I, a lot of times we can hoard our time. Now, now we need to be managing. We don't want to say yes to everything. All right, I understand. But, but, but within the realm of what God's called us to do, being joyfully generous with our time, It'll change the way we view our day, uh, I think, and and we'll, we'll find out we'll have more time. We'll have God more will multiply time. it. Yes. <laughs> you know? We'll have and, more time to do what we've been called to do. And it's just being obedient. Yeah. Uh, it's another thing the Lord asked me to do this year and is to open my home for a C, C group. You know, and I'm a pastor of the church. Yep. You know, a lot of times the, the pastors don't have C groups. Yep. But the Lord said, I want you to open yes. your home. And he said, I want you to open it on Monday. And I'm like. Monday, I'm I'm stingy with Monday. Monday is my day off. Yeah. And I'm always like, I don't do things on Monday. Yeah. And the Lord said, no, I want your Monday. Yeah. So, but it's been a place of real joy. Absolutely. And, and it's not hard work. So yeah. simple obedience absolutely yeah, changes, changes everything. everything. And yeah. So, so just what, what's something like right now, you know, who forever is listening that, you know, God's told you to do. And you haven't taken the first step to be obedient to it. That's awesome. Uh, just do it. Just do, do it. it. You know, um, you know, and, and typically there's two main areas. There's there's the the um, the, the the written written commands of God, and and the spoken commands of God. So the written commands of God are in His Word. It's simple. You know, uh, what, what's a written command of God? That thou you, shall not steal. Thou shall not kill. Yeah. Thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself. Usually, there's one. That we're in our heart, we're kind of wrestling with, and we know we're being a disobedient to, mm-hmm. and we don't want to do it. Go do that, like today. Yeah. Like, like go, go find a way to do it. Yeah, so and, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Yeah, Soul exactly. Make disciples of all nations. You right. Know, be a witness. Wh- whatever that is, do that thing uh, by the grace of God. And then secondly, yeah, what's, what's the first step? Uh, on on something that he's 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 spoken to you to do, whether it's a ministry, a, a small group, or, or ministry, or business, whatever it is, to make a phone call to an estranged relative you do not want to talk to, whatever it is, do it today, do it now. I have so many people that will come to me and say, you know, Pastor Kelly, I don't hear God, and my my first question is, what was the last thing you heard? That's so good. And usually it was an instruction that they did not obey. Yeah, God's just waiting. So he's not going to say more until we do what he said to do the last time. That's so good. That's (laughs) so so good. if you're hearing God a lot, you're probably walking in obedience and doing what he's instructing. And really, there's a real relationship and an interaction. But if if it's silence, now there are times we all go through times of silence and faith building. And I'm not saying every time that you don't hear from God that there's something wrong or that you've done something wrong. But I'm saying a lot of times... You go back to the last instruction that God gave you, yes. and if you get that done, if you didn't do it, yeah. you will find the windows of heaven open up, and there, that communication comes a- again. Absolutely, and you'll start to see progress in your life because that, that, that's what you see in Abraham. You know, 
uh, what's what's interesting is one of the things we we stress out about the most is God. What do you want me to do with my life? Yeah. Right. We see that as from as Abraham begins to progress and keeps moving forward, not only did his his experience with God go deeper relationship, but the plan started getting clearer. Like literally, it, watch the cities he goes. Go go through and read it. Uh, you know Genesis twelve and on. Um, you see that when he got to Haran, God spoke more to him, and then right. when he got to Canaan, God God starts like saying, oh, hey, by the way, I'm going to give you this land. He's like, whoa, I didn't know land was involved, <laughs> you know? And, and so the, 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 literally his destiny starts to become clearer as he progresses. And, and we want the whole picture now, but God's saying no. You, he never gives no. us the whole picture. Yeah, but, 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 but we expect it so many times in our heart, and, and that's just not how it works. And then it, he keeps on going, and he, he, uh, when he splits with, with God gives him wisdom with Lot, say, hey, Lot, you go this way, I'll go that way. Our, our servants are fighting. You know, we're getting too cramped and the, and the Lord gives him wisdom and Abraham is generous with Lot. He, he tells Lot, he says, you, 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 you choose, you choose, you know, he, he gives him preference. And we see through that generosity, God's end up blessing Abraham because immediately after Abraham has an encounter with God right after that. And God, who had just promised him land now says, shows him the borders of the land. He says, he says, as far as you can see, he said, map out these lines. That's the land I'm giving you. Wow. So then, so then a vague promise becomes, starts having definition and, and clarity. Wow. So we see as, as we're obedient to God, as we keep doing what he tells us to do, we get more clarity in our life on what we're called to do. That is so, so awesome. I'm excited about what God is doing uh, this year. I've, I sense it all around me, Jack. I sense not only is God pulling me into a deeper walk, into a clearer picture of what he's got for me, yes. but I see him doing it in all the people around me. I see him doing it in our church. I see him doing it in the body globally yeah. and in America. Yeah. Um, a clearer picture of what God has called us to do. I've been uh, spending a lot of time with um, uh, a young missionary that's been with us by the name of Cody, who is a you know leads up a YWAM team, and we've been talking about what these um, what the millennials are looking for in church and. One of the main things that the younger generation is looking for is purpose. That's exactly right. They need a purpose. Yes, they, yes, they are. And, and God designed for this obedience and this relationship that we have to bring extreme purpose to our lives. That's exactly right. And to understand that that purpose can look a million different ways. Uh, um, you know, so many times, you know, we, if you're, especially if you're raised in church, you know, usually when you hear the word purpose or destiny, you, you think of it in terms of fivefold ministry. Right, right. You know, I'm going to be a pastor, a teacher, apostle, prophet, whatever. You know, but, but we, you know, we have to understand that, you know, not, when you became a believer, you became a priest. You're a priest. Everybody's right. a priest. You know, so it, it, no matter if you're a plumber, electrician, stay-at-home mom, accountant, God has a purpose for you in that to display the, the glory of God. That is Everywhere so- you go. That is so awesome. We're going to take a few minutes and we're going to have a worship song here. And we're going to come back and talk more about divine destiny. Father of kindness, you have poured out grace. You brought me out of darkness, you have filled me with peace. Giver of mercy, your mind. Time of me. Lord, I can't. 
This is Pastor Callie, and I've got Pastor Jack here, and we're talking about uh, your your divine destiny. And uh, the first segment, we really talked about obedience to the call of God, hearing the voice of God, and how that ob- obedience would play play out. And we're going to go to the next segment. Um, yeah. Jack's been preaching this. Pastor Jack's been preaching this for a couple of weeks, and it's just been such a blessing. So, Pastor yeah. Jack. So, so yeah, number one, you know, is obedience. The, the, the second thing I preached on uh, part of the series was identity. Right. And I, I, first of all, that, that's a word that's been used so much the past several years that if we're not careful, we can get kind of numb to that word. Oh, you got to know your identity. You got to know your identity. Well, yeah, <laughs> you got to know your identity. Um, yeah. and, and so many times we can just get used to that concept and, and realize that we're not really walking in it. Um, and so as Abraham began to walk with God, he began to understand who he was in God's eyes. Wow. And, and in Christ now, you know, we, we can understand who we are in God's eyes right now, you know, through the word of God. And so I shared out of Ephesians chapter one, uh, uh, chapter one, verse four, it says, even as he chose us in him, in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Verse five in love, he predestined us for adoption as sons, adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So basically there in those two verses, we see God's purpose for us. As, as, as the people of God, sure. as humanity. Number one, it's to be holy and blameless. Number two, it's to be sons and daughters. Wow. And so, so the, the, the whole point, C.S. Lewis said this too. He said the whole point of creation, the whole point of the gospel is for us to be drawn into Christ. Yeah. And it's not about us accomplishing things for the kingdom. It's not. Uh, you, now, now we are, like you said, we are going to accomplish things. Right, you get it's a byproduct. In, exactly, you get a drawn into Christ, <laughs> you're going to accomplish some stuff. But there's plenty of anybody can go accomplish things for God, um, and not be drawn into Christ, and yeah. and not not be conformed to His character and His image. That is the whole ball of wax. That's the whole point. Is for yes. us to look more like Jesus at the end of this thing. Well, that's you know? really establishing His kingdom. That's exactly right. Yeah. uh, You know, all of the things that we do and we're called to do uh, in the way of service. Absolutely. Is beautiful. And that shows the world that we are sold out and, and, you know, that we love it. But if we do all those things and and Christ is not formed in me and I am not becoming Christ. Yes. Becoming Christ-like, then I've missed the whole point. Yes. That's why Jesus died was so that I could be free from sin and be like him. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, and, and to spread the fragrance of who he is. Yes. You know, cuz because you know uh, so so that's the that's the whole purpose is to be like he said before the foundation of the world he saw us who he would make us into in Christ and that's holy and blameless. Now, holiness and blamelessness are two different things. Blamelessness is like a legal status, right? Right. Uh, you know if I if if say I I get a ticket you know, and I go pay the ticket, right? Now I'm blameless before the right, court because right. my ticket. So that's, of course, what Christ did for us on the cross. Right. He which, paid, paid our penalty. Which we, we have nothing to do with that. He did it's that. It's amazing. He did that, you know, and, and so we receive that. Now we have, we have righteous legal standing with God. We are pure before him. So we're blameless before him because of the blood of Jesus. Holiness, so if blamelessness is a legal standing, holiness is a way of living. 
So holiness is a, is a posture of the heart. So blamelessness means, uh, you know, I'm forgiven, right? My slate is clean. Holiness means I'm set apart. That's literally what holiness means is to be set apart unto God. Yes. So I'm holy unto my wife right now. I'm holy unto Whitney, right? Because I'm set apart unto her. Right. Yeah, I'm her one and only. She's my one and only. So that's literally what holiness means. Um, uh, you know, typically when we think of holiness, we think of morality and, and you know, doing good, and which is, of course, part of it. But the root of holiness is, set is relational. Yeah. It's that I am set apart only unto God. And so what this scripture tells us is that before the foundation of the world, when God was thinking us up, the end game for us was that we would be holy and blameless. You know, the thing that I used to, and I, I probably, I wasn't, I wasn't able to articulate it like you, you just did, but even as a young woman and after I got saved, Jack, I understood that I could only live in a way that was pleasing to God through my love for God. Yes. That you can make a decision. You know what? I'm not going to sin anymore. I'm yeah. not going to cuss. I'm not going to yeah. smoke. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to run with those that do. I'm not going to yeah. do any of these things. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to have evil thoughts, but you, you, you have can't do it. All. Yeah. Have fun. Cause yeah. that is not going to work. Mm-hmm. You're going to find yourself right back into it. But when you fall in love with Jesus and you realize how much he loves us, yes. then that set apartness, that holiness comes as a result of a love affair. Yes. I mean, so you know, true. you're not going to go cheat on your wife. No. Yeah. Do you see pretty women? I'm probably sure you yeah. see them all over. Yeah. But there's you you're in love with your wife. Exactly. And that covenant keeps you holy that's under exactly her. Right. And that's what happens. That's why relationship is so important. Yes. We you know, if if just following rules would have worked. The, then the Old Testament and the law would have been perfect. Yes, yes. But Jesus it wasn't perfect. But Jesus had to come yeah. because it had to be built on relationship. We yes. don't have the strength to live righteous on our own. Yeah, we, 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 we can't. And, and, and Jesus in us can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens yes. me. Yes, but know? that deepening yeah. of your, and I tell this to new converts, don't get so caught up on trying to quit all your sinning. Yes. Get caught up. On drawing close to Jesus, yes. and the sinning part falls off. Yeah, he'll now, push do, it out of your life. He'll push it out. Do, now, do people need instruction? Yes. Yeah. Do people know what the word need to know what the Word of God says yeah. about things? Yes. Do we need to teach sometimes what holiness looks like? Yes. But it has to come from a relationship. It can't come from just yeah. uh, just rules. Rules won't work. Yes. Yes. And 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 so it's a, it's a, so that our identity right. Is first of, so according to Ephesians one four and five here the first part of our identity is to be holy and blameless before Him right so I'm blameless I'm set apart unto Him but then there's a second portion which in verse five He said He He also He predestined us for adoption for adoption to Himself as sons yes through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will so not only are we set apart we're holy we're set apart sons and daughters wow so we 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 are we have a Father you know and and so. Yeah, uh, Bill Johnson said this. He said somewhere along the way, he said, I thought that, um, you know, God was running an orphanage and all he was responsible for was to give me you know, three meals a day and a cot to sleep on at night. Yeah. That's not a father. Hey, he said, no, he said, God, God's not running an orphanage. He's, he's a father. And, and, and you know, for, for people who didn't have a good relationship with their father, sometimes it's a hard concept to, to grasp, but, but he's, He's the only one, God is the only one who is capable of loving us perfectly forever. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I love my wife so much, but I'm incapable of loving her to the level she deserves. Because I, I, I you know, we're I, all incapable. Exactly. There, there's times where I don't wash the dishes and, and I, I probably should help her with the dishes. I don't help her with the dishes. Right. Right. <laughs> and that's me not loving her perfectly. Right. We're, we're human. Okay. And, and God, God is God. He is so powerful and awesome. And, and so he uses that power to love us. I think sometimes we look at God as a benevolent dictator. It, 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 I know. Exactly. Just somebody yeah. that tolerates me, yes. wants to help me, but I'm, yes. he's still just a dictator. He, exactly right. But he's not. He's a benevolent yes. father. Yes. And when you see benevolent father, it changes the whole perspective of the of the relationship. Yes. And and a father who is who is able who who will never stumble. I, I think. Uh, uh, one of the Bethel worship leaders. They were flowing on a song like the spontaneous thing and. And she said, you never fall off of your throne. Wow. You know, he doesn't fall off of his throne. He, like, he, he never fails. No, he doesn't I mean, fall off of his love. Yes. He doesn't fall off of his provision. He doesn't fall off of anything that yeah. we can have access through him. It's just us yeah. receiving it. That's exactly right. And so that, that's our destiny. That's your, that's your identity. It's to be set, up, set apart into God. But not just in this like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just serve God and really, really no. But set set apart as a son, as a daughter, as one that's been brought into a family, is accepted by a father, and so I'm set apart unto him, and I'm adopted. Yeah. And when so, I think about one of my kids, Jack, I'm thinking they pick up the phone and they call me and they say, "Mom, I'm going through this." Yeah. And I don't say, well, "I don't have time for you." Yeah, it's crazy. I'm sitting there like with bated breath. Yeah. Wondering how can listening very intently, thinking how can I help this child? Yeah, well, and you, and you, you pretty pro- probably always want to talk longer than they do. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what the, the kids are. Like, okay, mom, I gotta go. I gotta go. It's, it's so it's so that way with God. You know, like he, he's always willing to talk longer than than often we do. Oh, that's true. You know, and he he just he loves us so much. You know, and. uh and, and yeah, he, we're not a burden to him. No, we're not. Uh, he doesn't have time for us. Hurry up and get your stuff said so I can go to the next thing. Well, and, 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 and to, and to think that way about him is the ultimate dishonor to him is what it is. Because I, I, I wrote this the other day, just in a blog post thing of, of, I said the, the greatest gesture of God's love was not the cross. Uh, the greatest gesture of God's love is when is in the depths of eternity when he in his self-sufficient, right? when he was by himself, totally sufficient, did not need anyone. The greatest gesture of his love was when he first thought of us. <laughs> when in in eternity past, didn't need anyone, did not need anything. We crossed his mind. He he thought of us and said, "I want them." And he not only wanted us, but knew the sacrifice it would take That's exactly to right. keep us. Yes, yes, because he created us. And we lost fellowship in the garden, but he knew from the inception that there would be a great price he'd have to pay to keep us. And that's what makes the cross so amazing yes. is, is that from eternity past, he, he thought of us, loved us, and did, knew he would do whatever it would take to, 
to keep us close to him. Yeah, to keep that relationship intact. It's amazing. He he's amazing. He just loves us more than we can imagine. More than we can imagine. I want to take another few minutes, and we're going to play another worship song, and then come back and talk a little bit more about divine destiny. And I'm I'm praying that as you're listening today, that you're feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit and knowing that God loves you and he cares about you and you are important to him and you he has a plan and a purpose for you and he just needs you to say yes and to start wa- walking it out. Yeah. Five, yeah. four, three, two, one. Just do it. We'll yeah. be back in a few minutes. The king of my heart be the mountain where I run. The fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide. The ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. You are good, good,
We're so excited to have Jack Mooring here, Pastor Jack Mooring from Celebration of Life, and we've been talking about divine destiny. And we're on the third part of this, and uh, it's which is community. And Jack, if you'll just kind of refresh us and then take us into this third part. Yeah. So I mean, and, and th- these three elements are just just three of the elements. There's so much, right. you know. But but you know, first, if if at the beginning of this year, if you're going, how can I refresh my walk with God? How can I step into my purpose? Uh, these are three things that that if you do them now. I mean, this will, it will transform your life. Yes. Number one, just be obedient. Like we were saying, do it now. Yes. What's the thing that God's called you to do? Just take the first step, take the risk. Number two is drench your mind and your heart in your identity in, in who you are, that you're a set apart son and daughter, that yes. God loves you. You're a set apart, holy to him. You're covered in the blood of Jesus that uh, if, if you didn't do another thing, he would still love you. But but because he loves us, he's got a destiny for us, and we get to co-labor with him. So obedience, identity, and then the, this this element's huge, and it's something we don't we don't talk about a lot. And God really put on my heart uh, in this beginning of this year, and that's that's community, uh, relationship, and uh, on a basic level, um, just as humans, this is even even considering the church level, which we'll talk about right. in a minute, which is next level. That on the basic level. Uh, um, as humans, we were designed for relationship. We have to have it. Um, and actually, solitary confinement has been outlawed in many countries as a form of torture. Because it's literally, I mean, it's its one of the worst things we can do to ourselves is, is isolation. Yeah. The last person you want to be with 24-7 is your mind. Exactly. And separated <laughs> from, like, physically physiologically, we need human interaction. Yeah, now, that, that's one of the reasons our phones can can be, if, if we get addicted to them looking at screens all the time. You weren't designed to spend most of your time looking at a screen. No. You just weren't. No. Uh, you're, you're, you're designed to interact with people. And so, first of all, it's just on a relational level. Isolation is a epidemic in our country right now. I read uh, a couple articles on it as I was preparing for my message. Yeah, the New York Times did a big a write-up on it um, that Isolation is skyrocketing. Um, uh, people who are identifying themselves as the, they are just saying they feel isolated, they feel alone. Um, you think about our culture, you know, uh, the, the, the suburban culture. Your car is in your garage. You get in your car. You, you back you, out. You back out. You go to work. Um, and and even our society is not really set up well right now for for community. And so, if ever there was a time for the church to step up and to begin to pull people in, to love people, to bring people into the family of God. It's now because there are people all over our nation who feel alone and, and God designed the church to be, uh, to be a family for, for, to, to pull people into for the world. It's not a social club, you know, um, it's, it's a family of God. So Hebrews 10, 24 is an exhortation from the writer of Hebrews. Uh, he's writing to the, the Jewish Christians, uh, and he's saying, he's saying, let us consider, in verse 24, how to stir stir up one another to love and good works. Wow. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So anyways, even back then, 2,000 years ago, he was saying there are people... That want to do this Lone Ranger. They want to do it Lone Ranger. They're like, oh, you know, I've got Jesus... You know, especially now he's, you know, he's like, I've got Jesus. I've got YouTube. You know, I've got access to the best preachers in the world. You know, I don't need church. Well, you know, that, that's, that's not true. And, and you're, and I, I said this on Sunday, you, you can, you know, you can be a part of, of, 
you can be a believer and be disconnected from the body of Christ. And are you going to heaven? Yes. Are you in a relationship with God? Yes. But you are in a dangerous place if you are isolated. And you will not. You absolutely will not fulfill your destiny if you're alone. You just won't. Because, because your destiny, your purpose, is, is meant to be experienced in the community of, of the church. It's tied to the body of Christ. Yes. And you can't do it. With uh, off by yourself. That's exactly right. It is tied to the body of Christ. And of course, of course, even like business people understand this, uh, 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 that, that on just a basic level of that, you can't do stuff on your own. You gotta have a team. You gotta have people around you. And so it's amazing how even as the church, we fall into this thing. You might even come to church on Sundays, but you're isolated. Right. You know, and you're saying, oh, well, I'm going to church on Sunday. So I'm part of the church. Well, do you have relationships? Are you being accountable with people? Do, do you do you have a small group of people believers that you're that you're meeting with outside of Sunday that can keep you accountable? Because on verse twenty four here, this is actually really interesting how he starts it off. He says the reason you need to meet together. So, and the Bible says that they met an Acts. They met in the temple courts and from house to house. Wow! So they not only went to church on Sundays, right? But they had house meetings. They had like some kind of small connection with people, and so 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 God so. In verse 24, he's saying here, he says, stir one another up. This is why you're meeting together, to stir one another up. And the word stir there in the Greek literally means to irritate. It literally, it means to pr- provoke to and to irritate. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, we, we, we want to hide on Sunday, right? We don't want to get into intimate relationship with people in the body of Christ because we know we know it's, it can get uncomfortable. Well, yeah. Anytime you, know? you intimacy means exposure. Yeah, it's exactly. And right. anytime we expose ourselves, yeah, we're not only going to expose our strengths, we're going to expose our weaknesses, yes. and we're going to be forced yes. to deal with them. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's something about intimacy that drives us forward in growth. Wow. You know, whenever you're say say for example, you know, if you're hiding, if you're just coming to church on Sunday and you run out, and uh, as compared to someone who's maybe meeting weekly and with a small group of people who you're keeping one another accountable and encouraging one another, those people are growing because I tell you right now, they're thinking about on Thursday, I'm going to be meeting with such and such group and they're going to ask me how I'm doing. And it, 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 it pushes them forward to, as we're saying, be obedient to God, to do the things God's called them to do because they have accountability. You know, Pat, your mother and I, in staff meeting, we're talking about that today. We were actually talking to our youth pastors here and saying the the younger teenagers need to be more involved yeah. in work, not working, serving in the church. Mm-hmm. Work's the wrong word. Serving in the church. We served at 14, 15, yep. 16. We were teaching Sunday That's school. Exactly we right. were going out and bringing people to church. We were in the music department. We had responsibilities. So when the enemy came to try to lure us away, not only did we have a relationship with God, but we had a responsibility that kept us in yeah. check. Yeah, exactly. You, you're, uh, in a lot of ways, you're too busy to sin. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> and, we were tied in. That's exactly right. You're connected. You know, and that's so true. That's so true. We're, we're when you're isolated, you are so vulnerable, not just, not just to like depression, but to sin, to sin. Yeah. And, and because you're just, you're easy pickings for for the enemy. You know, when I started this, uh, this new cell group that I've got at the house and I really just, to be honest, I didn't want to give my Monday up. My Monday's like my yeah. day, you know, but I, in the last three weeks, Jack, I've enjoyed that group. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a blessing. And yeah. I'm here with people all the time, but that group 
has yeah. been really special to me. I'm watching people, you know, just bloom and talk about issues and things and it's just beautiful. So it, yeah. it really is important that we take this community thing to a real next level in our lives. Yeah. And, and isolation isn't just the, 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 the stereotype we think of of a hoarder by themselves in their house all the time. You can be isolated uh, when you're around people all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, isolation really comes from a lack of intimacy and a lack of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so what's a way that you can, you can walk with somebody, another believer that you can be vulnerable with and intimate with. And I guarantee you, uh, uh, they're going to fail you at some point. They're not going to be perfect. You know, but, but the reality is, is that the, the net result in the end is going to be growth. It's going to be encouragement. It's going to be life. Um, and, uh, so many people, we, we were scared of, of getting hurt. And, and once again, like I said, we're dealing with humans here. So, so well, I said this but, at church a lot of times, if you're going to come to church and think that, you know, in my own family, yeah. uh, and I'll use my sister, your mother, we get aggravated at each other sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. We don't always see eye to eye on everything, but she's my sister forever. That's exactly right. She's my family forever. Yep. I'm hers forever. We'll work it out. And I, people sometimes come to church and they'll want to leave when they have a problem and they'll have a disagreement or someone makes them mad. Yeah. But you know what? If if you take on that type of a yes. mindset, you'll be running the rest of your life. That's exactly because right. Because that aggravation, um, Paul said there's going to be fightings in the church. Yes. And he says, I'm behind that yes. because that's going to prove yes. what's in you. That's it. By how you respond to that. Yeah. When it starts getting uncomfortable, that's actually, I believe, where Christianity begins. I agree. Where where the life of God really starts to kick in is when it starts to get uncomfortable, because uh, that, that's when growth starts happening, you know, and and that's when we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Yes, <laughs> you know, because and and, and, and I, I mentioned this earlier. That's what separates the church the family of God, apart from a social gathering. Mm-hmm. There's the, people can go find friends anywhere. You know, uh, They can actually build relationships anywhere. What sets the church apart is that we have a divine empowerment to, to walk alongside people who aren't like us, who might annoy us. May and, come from a different ethnic background, yes. social economic status, yes. may have been raised different. But by the power of the Spirit, we have something in common. We have something in common and have the ability now to love one another, to forgive one another, to serve one another, to get past the junk. The differences. And go deep. And that, and the Bible says that's literally what the world's going to look at us and go, there's something different about yeah. that. How do they do that? This is real Christianity. And, and that, that, that's, that, that's real. That is real Christianity. And so that's what the world doesn't have. You know, they have to come up with this, these clever techniques of, of trying to figure out how to navigate stuff. But we do it by the power of the Holy Spirit and can see transformation in people's lives. And another thing and the community thing that's it's really, really important. And uh, I, I just I'm challenging myself in this beginning of this year. Like, am I walking with people? Am I being vulnerable with people? And I, I, this is another thing, too, that the Lord's been speaking to me. If if I say I'm the friend of someone in the church, am I talking to them? about the real stuff? Am I asking them the hard questions? Am, am I? Wow. It, because real friends talk about the real stuff. Yeah. And, and surround yourself with people who will go there. Right. I mean, a lot of times we can have friends and they, 
you know, you just talk about surface stuff. And yeah, and that's that's okay, but that's yeah, not and it's fine. It's, you don't it's grow from that. You don't grow from that, and, and and it's okay. You know, we you have friends of all kinds. Not you know, um, like I, I'm not saying and, unless someone's being like really vulnerable with you, don't be their friend. We got to have friends of all kinds. You know what I'm saying? But but do you have one person, two people, three people, four people in your life? that are there for you, that you can be real with, vulnerable with, talk about the hard stuff with. If you don't have that, find it. Yeah. And, and, and don't, and don't blame it on your church that you don't have it. No. (laughs) Right. Because, because I'm telling you, whatever church you're in, there are people there that love Jesus and that want to walk with other people. And a lot of times we don't pursue it. We we don't seek it out. We we're, we wait for people to come to us. We wait for people to pull us out, and you know. It, and ultimately, it's up to you to really pursue that. You, you know, know? I, I heard a, a pretty well. She is a she's a famous preacher. Lisa Bevere said this. It said she had gotten saved, and she she cried out to the Lord. I don't have a mother in the gospel. I don't have anybody that I can really. Wow. And. And the Lord said, I've called you to be that for somebody. The the thing that you're missing, I've actually called you to be that for a whole generation. Wow. And so we we must embrace the fact that we are called to go the Bible says go go into the whole world and preach the gospel. Jesus yes. gave that commandment. But preach the gospel is just the beginning of it. Really, we're to make disciples. We go a step further. That's exactly and how right. do you make a dis- disciple? You've got to spend time with them. That's so true. That is so true. And and, 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 and and to define this a little bit more, too, uh, what I'm not talking about is you just sitting around with someone complaining about your life. No. You know, that, that, that's actually an important distinction to make, too, is going, yes, being honest, yes, being vulnerable, but but taking that to Jesus to get w- with this friend or, and saying, how can we change? How yeah. can we transform? And, the, and, the, uh, and a friend that will say, you know what, you're looking at this wrong. It's exactly and, right. And you're, uh, you know, he, this needs to be fixed. Those are real friends. It, and d- d- exactly. Do you have a friend that's willing to disagree with you? Yeah, that's good. I think that's huge because, because if uh, there's something about our modern culture that we've fallen into that I, I, I know, I, I notice as I read older books, as I read from older Christians, they had this capacity to even with their friends to disagree with them. That's good. To debate with them. Um, and, and I think it's healthy. And I think we've lost a little bit of that. You know, we smile and we, we don't, we don't want to talk about anything. Or we don't listen to people with an open heart. You know, I've got a yeah. kid that's in country music and a lot of times I'm exposed to people that are very liberal in the way they're thinking. Yes. Yeah. And I, for a long time was just nice and just quiet and just didn't really listen. You didn't really honor them or. No. And, but, and not that I couldn't disagree, but I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't approaching it the way Jesus. And then I decided one day, why don't you just listen to them yeah. and don't try not to look at them through your Republican Christian yeah. eyes and look at them through my eyes and then find a commonality so that you might be able to influence them. And awesome. maybe they can influence you in something Absolutely. that, that you're a little bit messed up on because Absolutely. I don't care how much, how righteous Mm-mm. we are. So everybody can teach you something. Everybody's got a blind spot. Yeah. Everybody can teach you something. And you know, it was amazing when I begin to just try to view them that way they had, they were more open to my viewpoint. That's so true. That's so true. Because I wasn't trying to change them yeah. necessarily. I was just loving them 
and allowing them to be them yeah. and then me be me. And then it's there, there, then you can find the commonalities. Yeah. We can't reach the world exactly unless right. we truly love them. And we can't be just loving them through the eyes of I'm trying to convert you and make you believe everything I believe. And that's such a good point even. So with non-believers, right? Like what you're talking about or even someone who's at a different spectrum politically. But even within the church, so many times we can come in and be like, okay, who can I disciple? Who can I change? You know? <laughs> and it's like, no, that's not really what it's about. It's about you walking alongside people and really caring for people, right. like loving and serving people, not just trying to change people all the time, you know? And I'm telling you what, if you really care for people, you will see them change. You will see them transform. That's exactly and right. And so, so, uh, that, that's the, I, I think once again, the, the reason this is burning in my heart is because I, I, I do see a generation that's isolated. Um, and I think technology is a part of it. It's, it's, it's exacerbated it. Um, uh, actually, um, studies have shown that, that increased use of social media, increased use of, of social networks, uh, increased feelings of not only isolation, but exclusion. Wow. Because you're seeing, like, even on a practical level, you'll see your friends getting together. You didn't get invited to it, right? So right. now we have this opportunity to... To, to get offended. To get offended, to, to discover things we weren't invited to all the time. And so it, it's, it's, it is a thing. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it really has become a stumbling block and a hindrance. And so I would encourage you, just turn off your phone and go meet with a real Person, person, yes, our believers. Be spend present. some time with them, yeah, and be and, present, and and spend some time with them, and so uh, th- that's massive. And I, I think back to our purpose and destiny. If we'll really commit to Christian community, uh, our, our destiny will be realized, and 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 uh, and come to fruition. Jack, thank you so much. This has been an amazing segment, uh, divine destiny, and we've really uh, Jack's been able to really break this down. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless you. And I pray God's blessings over you. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.